When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. And welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Ah, dear listener, welcome to episode two in our... Tainted love. It's tainted love. Yes, we are celebrating the Valentine's D holiday by giving you reasons to be single. Exactly. <laughs> reasons to be suspicious, you know, to look at your loved one, you know, a little crookedly, a little. A little mm. bit like, huh? Yeah. Who yeah. the fuck are you? Yeah, what's going on there? Because nobody really ever truly knows someone. No, that, yes. <laughs> As we've learned. As you, like, look at me very, like, no one ever truly knows someone, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, can't be. I can't be the one that's, you know, not trustworthy. Yes. That's, I mean, it's too obvious. Yes. So it, I know. I look like the one that has the, the bodies in the freezer. Yeah. Anywhere we go. So, yeah, people look at you suspiciously when you're at the cons. Who You're like, you? wow, who's this, who's this Brad Majors cosplay here? <laughs> Ah, so uh, what have you been up to this week? I've been, uh, I've been okay, you know, just hanging out, watching. I said, what have you been up to? Oh, Not well, how have you been? I don't care about that. Oh, obviously. well, I have. Your oh, well, then I've been up to nothing. So you know, <laughs> it's nothing. I've been up to absolutely, you know, just working, and you yeah. know, um, yeah, that's it. Nothing really. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Um, the Oscars are coming. They're on. Yes. Yes, we are. Rec- you know, we're recording this in the past. Everybody, yeah, we're giving so. you that fresh content. So yeah, they were on last evening. Yeah. Uh, by the time you hear this, <laughs> have you um, have you watched any of the movies? No, I mean, I, I'm sure I've seen some of the movies that are nominated. Um, Joker, I saw Joker. Yes, uh, but I don't pay any attention to really any of that kind of stuff. Like, yes, you know, it's just kind of by accident. I'll find out, you know, that something was Oscar winning, or when they re-release it and it has like the sticker on it or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, ah, aha. Or you know, in a few years when we dig something up to you know do a horror, it's like ah, chat it's an about Oscar winning thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really that's it. I just yeah, I've just uh, I'm just not into award ceremonies and things like that. You know, no, uh, you know, if you are, hey, go you watch the shit out of them. Yeah, Enjoy I mean that. that's why I watch it. I watch it for art time for art time of the month. We will be releasing an Oscar recap soon. So are you recording it and you're, you'll watch it all, or what are you what are you gonna do? Uh, well, sometimes I record it. Uh, lately, I've just been. Uh, I'll read reviews. So I'll read the Hollywood Reporter and the New York Times. And then I'll go back on YouTube and look up speeches and things. Things that, you, that you're yeah. interested in. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like 6,000 hours long and, yeah. you know, and you, everything you want to hear is like the last thing. Yeah. So. Exactly. All I want to know. I know two major, I know two of the four major acting categories. Um, on the way over here, I found out who those were and then some other things were happening. So. Cool. We'll see what happens towards the end. I'm really pulling for Parasite. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens if th- this information is antique by the time this comes right. out. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we um, turned on the TV because I was watching. Um, I was rewatching the film for today that we're going to get into in the in the second part of the episode, Rebecca by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, spoiler alert! If you didn't read the title of the yes. episode, um, <laughs> so I've been rewatching that all afternoon because um, it's also five thousand hours long. Yes, it is, <laughs> and um, we. Uh, when we turned it back on, um, Eminem was inexplicably performing Lose Yourself like it was 
2003 or something, which I know that he won a best uh, song for that. Like that, that Lose Yourself won best original. I think for 8 Mile. Yeah, for 8 Mile. But I don't know why he was performing it now. I was very confused. Mm. I mean, because it's not, it was, right? It was 2003, no? Something like that, yeah. But yeah he, I was it, in high school when that came out. So I feel yeah. like that's not, I mean, it's not like a 20-year anniversary thing. It's like 17 years. Is, yeah. is that, are we doing that now? 17th anniversary is... It's the new. It's the new mom's twenty. Spaghetti or whatever, vomit on your sweater. Yes. Mom's spaghetti. I just totally <laughs> biffed that. Shit. That would have been really amazing if yes. I had said that right, uh, or not. Um, okay, so yeah, and the seventeenth anniversary of this show. I'll make sure to give you, you know, some vomit on. Yeah, on thank sweater. you. The only Oscars I really care about is the um, is the one reenacted in Bet and Joan with ah uh, uh, yes. With Jessica Lange as Joan Crawford in her, um, and Kathy Bates, magnificent as Joan Fontaine, right? Was oh, I can't Bates? remember because did she play Joan Fontaine? I know that I know. Um, what's her name? What's her name? Michael Douglas's wife, Catherine Zeta Catherine Jones, Jones, played Olivia De Havilland. Olivia De Havilland, and yes. so I don't know who plays uh, her sister, uh, Miss Joan Fontaine, uh, but. At any rate, because uh, Kathy, uh, Kathy Bates is nominated this year for Best Supporting Actress for Richard Jewell. Oh, very cool. Which kind of came out of nowhere because, like, Richard Jewell. No, she played Joan Blondell. Joan Blondell. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Anyway, so she's uh, – but oh, that's cool. Horror royalty there. Yes, her royalty, yes. Yes, her royalty. Uh, very cool. I hope – she wins. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Um, I only care about people. Like, you know, I just want my favorites to win. I don't care if they were good or not. <laughs> yes. I've uh, been listening to a new podcast. Ooh, I've been listening to two new tell. podcasts, actually. I've been listening to um, Inside Voices with Kevin T. Porter of the so Gilmore Guys. not about guys. me. It's not okay. about you. No. <laughs> um, no. We're – no. Uh and Inside Voices is a podcast about where Kevin Porter interviews people who are podcasters and talks a little bit about their shows and how they got their shows off the ground, but also talks about their relationship with their voice. Oh, cool. And can we get on that? I mean, I can ask him, <laughs> you know, if he ever listens to this. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do that. Fun. So he has a Nicole Byer on. Yeah. Um, cool. And And... Nicole talks about her relationship with her voice and how people think that she sounds annoying and all that stuff. Uh, uh, and then the second one is uh, the National Lampoon Radio Hour, the podcast, which is uh, which is uh, apparently a revival of the National Lampoon Radio Hour from like the 70s and the 80s. Cool. And it's um, being executive produced like the head writers, Cola Scola. So you actually oh, would really like fun. this. Yeah. Um, they... And it's just a bunch of, like, random little Skittles, random little audio sketches that are super absurd and very hilarious. The one that I want to bring up is the most recent episode of recording this is called Misery, where they basically do, like, a version of Misery where it's Ian McKellen and Julia Child as Paul and Annie, right? Those are the characters? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, yeah. And so then. they just like, okay, I'm here for that. Yeah, okay. I'm amused. <laughs> My interest is piqued. It, so yeah, it's yeah, it's hilarious. So yeah, there you go. It's called National Lampoon. National Lampoon Radio Hour, the podcast. Cool. National Lampoon Comedy Radio Hour, the the podcast. All right. Well, I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, and it's like. Cola Scola plays this in one in one of them. He plays this like an eighty year old cabaret singer who's doing the Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like we're two hours into the halftime show. Let's check in with you know, and still telling this long anecdote. And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that uh, that concept. That's that sounds really fun. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm I hope glad. That, uh, I, I will definitely listen to that. And hopefully, you know, whoever's listening to us now didn't just drop us. And went I, I know. Went to go <laughs> take a look at them. Yeah. I just finished um, Accused Season 3. I love Accused. 
accused. To that. Yes, it is from the Cincinnati Enquirer, which I'm from Cincinnati, so I kind of have like a special thing. It's like true crime investigative journalism in Ohio, and uh, you know surrounding. Surrounding areas. Uh, surrounding locales. Um, yes. So they just did one about uh, this plant, uh, Fernald plant in um, in Ohio that had during like the, the height of the Cold War was um, using uranium, was, ma- was, was making like a piece of a nuclear weapon that contained uranium. And it was about this guy that vanished. It was like on Unsolved Mysteries back in the, you know, early 90s and, you know, all these other things. And uh, so I just finished that. It was a really good, really fun listen. So I recommend that. How many um, episodes is that? Uh, they're usually only eight. So it moves pretty quickly, about an hour or so-ish. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like Serial. You know, if, if you like Serial, I think you'd like Accused. I like the woman's voice. Okay. Um, you know, and, and then all, you know. All so interview interest. and storytelling? Yes, exactly. And they pulled, like, they get interviews with people. They... Uh, pulled, you know, stock audio footage from uh, Unsolved Mysteries and other things. So I definitely recommend it if you haven't listened to it. The first season uh, was really interesting. Um, somehow, you know, it's so strange. I don't know why my, like, podcast things don't seem to work on my phone. Like, you know, I tag and I'm subscribed to stuff, but I had no idea a new season was out. So I, oh, like, okay. binge, I binged listen to it because um, pretty much I was caught up. Like, it was, it was I think it just wrapped as I was finishing it. Oh, okay. Know? Yeah, so it was like kind of perfect timing. Uh, but I, I recommend it. So might be old news to some of our listeners because, you know, horror, true crime, sometimes there's... There's intersections. Intersections there. Intersexuals. Um, otherwise, what I've been doing, uh, started the new Lock and Key from Joe Hill. How is it? Um, I watched oh, it. I didn't know it was Joe Hill. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, Joe Hill and... Um, it's based on his uh, graphic novel or uh, comic book series with Gabriel Rodriguez, which I just picked up uh, the Lock and Key um, Volume 1 Master Edition because I had never actually read it. Um, may, so, I, may I see it? Yes, you may. Yeah, I this got is a that visual from, medium. Ooh, from wow. the Amazon. Uh, so you can pick that up. But uh, So I watched the first episode and realized that I hadn't read it. So I'm kind of – I think I'm going to pause and uh, there are three of these, three master editions, and I'm going to read it and then go back and uh, watch it. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think that encompasses the entire series, those three master editions. I could be wrong. I have to, I have to, I have to check. Uh, but I really like the first episode, even without having, like, the knowledge okay. of it. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah so, very, uh, if you have read the comic series or if you have zero intention of you know, reading the comic book series, you could still go and watch it and probably find a lot to enjoy in it. Uh, it's very uh, science fiction-y, you know, interesting. It's like about a, a house with these keys that do different things, Ooh. do different magical things to give a very simple... <laughs> the keys do things. Somebody's out there like, that is not what it's about! <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I picked up so far. They got the little boy from It, you know, Georgie. He's in it. He's like the one of the main characters. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, what else? I feel like there was something else I was going to discuss, but I have forgotten it. Um, oh, my friend. <laughs> this is probably more for off the air, but my friend Ricky wants to come when we go see The Invisible Man. Oh, sure. Okay. Because he, he's also similarly queer and similarly horif- horrific. Okay. Um, so, and he was does he a, listen to the show? He does listen to the okay. show, and he, and he shares our stuff all the time on oh. the social media. Well, very sweet of him. Well, then we, he can definitely come yes. with us. Uh, it's yeah. a $50 VIP ticket. <laughs> <laughs> the meet and greet happens beforehand. Right. You'll In, sit at behind the AMC us. lobby. Yes. yes. <laughs> You'll sit behind us. No. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. Like, no. I, <laughs> yeah. Hysterical. Also, I have to say that, like, I am really enjoying your, like, slate of live music that you're going to see. Uh, that you because you posted recently uh, like all the shows that you're going oh, to go to. No, it's the I'm strangest really mix. For you. Well, <laughs> so give give the listener a taste. Uh, let me let me look. Uh, Which reminds me, I am. So Orville Peck is coming in April, and I'm really I don't know if it's sold out or not, but I'm really interested in. Um, 
in going to see like the general admission, um, uh, the general admission uh, seats and to see what happens there. Uh, yeah. Because um, I, I've been li- having my little dork face. Uh, listen Dorcas. to yes, little, little Dorcas. <laughs> yes, Dorcas. Um, listen to uh, some Orville Peck. We actually were on the way to brunch today. Hashtag gay, and um, having him listen to it, and it was some good stuff. Uh, forgot much how I love Buffalo Run. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. So obviously, yeah, Orville Peck. Um, I'm seeing it's just, it's just the oddest mix. It's like I'm seeing Sarah McLaughlin. Then Yola, who I love, got this like country yes. kind of same country blues um, dynamic going on. Uh, then I'm seeing Maria Bamford as a comedian, not even music. Ooh, when's she coming? Uh, she will be here in March. Okay. Yeah, mid Same place? Yeah, okay. same oh. place. So you should try to get tickets if oh, you want to come. Oh, we should try to get tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing Celine Dion. Yes, courage. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm also Line seeing. On my own. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I don't even really. I I can't explain it. I just I really I enjoy Celine Dion. You you so. love you and love we're complex the... beings. We're allowed to be multiple things. We contain multitudes. We do. We yes. do. Uh, seeing Trixie Mattel, very on brand. Very. Um, although I'm very I'm worried about seeing her a little bit because you know. Um, I'm glad that she's coming on a Sunday, so I'll have all day to, like, fret about exactly what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to do my eye makeup. Because if it's, like, at all fucked up or at all looking, I would just feel embarrassed, you know? <laughs> For Trixie Mattel? I mean, come on. That is a lot. Like, that, I mean, whatever you want to say about her makeup, that's a, an incredible amount of work to achieve what she does. You know what I mean? With You're, those lines. You are, and, you are stating a fact, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. So it's like I got to make sure that my that I look good. So, yeah. Trixie Mattel. Um, Orville Peck we mentioned. Alanis Morissette with Garbage and Liz Fair. Ozzy Osbourne with Marilyn Manson. It's like it gets kind of progressively, <laughs> you know, uh, more horror brand. Uh, although I wish Rob Zombie was playing with um, Ozzy um, because – that would just be really fun, and I I love. Uh, oh, that would rock. be fun. But anyways, yeah. So it's just gonna be it's a it's gonna be a strange few months of uh, of musical things. Is that only the first half of the year? Yes, that gets me through July. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And there's other things that are still popping up. Um, I've been I've been going back and forth on whether or not I want to see Larue. Uh, I really love Larue's live show, but I, I just. I can't remember. Were you a fan of Larue? Bulletproof. I mean, yes. I um, the uh, for the kill and all that stuff. So the first record, the second record was great. Trouble in Paradise, even though it was five years between, and now it's been six years since that record came out. Came out in 2014, and for six years, I'm I'm just really let down by the music. It's I mean, it's not bad at all, but it just kind of it's very one note, Uh... which is just depressing when it's like. Okay, we waited this long, and this, you know, I mean, you know, this could have been bonus material on the yeah. last record, really, because it sounded a lot like that same tropical, you know, kind of vibes and stuff. So, I don't know. Um, I I enjoy it listening to it, but it's like background. It's not like the first the first couple records where I just really got it, like immediately was like, oh my god, I love this, and I love the lyrics, and I'm like mm-hmm. really into it. So I just kind of felt let down. So I've been going back and forth on whether or not I'm going to buy tickets to see any of LaRue's uh, tour. Because the last time we saw them twice um, on that tour. Oh, so, wow. Because it was so good. So we went back. When they came back through, we drove to L.A. And then we also saw them here in San Diego. So, yeah. Also going to the Shits Creek panel at the Paley Fest. I saw that as yeah, well. There's some good stuff coming to Paley Fest. There is. There is. One day at a time for me. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see if I end up going, but uh, yeah. yeah, good for you. you. I know you've been to Paley Fest a couple times. Yeah, so. yeah, for American Horror Story. Yeah. Uh, so I always like going. It's really fun. And it, just in general, I like going up there. Um, if you are in the L.A. area, February 29th at 12, like 12 to 6, Monster Go-Go is having a, like a monster bash uh, to uh, celebrate the grand opening of their new store. Where they relocated, they put, they painted this awesome mural with like Vampira and Elvira and you know I think Vincent Price, all these different people on it. Uh, so they're having a big party, and I I really want to go, so I'm going to try. Uh, it's going to be a, I think that's Saturday. 
February nice. 29th. What, yeah. what is Monster Go-Go for those of us? It's just a really cool store. They have all kinds of like the Creepsville 666 stuff is like, oh, I think that's okay. all like their brand. Um, so uh, Elvira has stuff like her merch sold through there. Lots of official goth, you know, horror stuff. Um, Universal Monsters. It's just very, it's very like rockabilly horror goth Yes, men you know, in pompadour and jean jacket with, like, living dead pins. Lots of skulls, lots of pins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's very fun. So if you're in the area, try to go. And uh, I, I, I am also, I'm really going to try uh, to make it up there. Because I, I, I think I don't really have anything going on that day. So we're looking right now. We're trying to see if there's a concert or something we can pick up while we're there. Oh, so might, as might as well. well drive up. Yeah. yeah. Not just to go buy shit. Yeah, that's know. a great way to celebrate leap year. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's uh, about it. Uh, if you're following us on Instagram, uh, which if you're not, please do at Fright School, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Uh, you could see um, me, I, my new hair. Yes. I did my hair and the sunglasses. You can see my cool vampire sunglasses. I'm just going to start like using our Instagram just to sell shit that we're not making any money off of. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> other people. Uh, so that was the other big thing I did this this uh, this week, finally, because I've been talking about it for years. Yes. Uh, was, did uh, you trim it? Um, a little bit, but mostly, no. Mo- this is um, just a... Uh, just just to clean up clean up mm-hmm. the layers and such you know nice. i mean she definitely took some some off uh but yeah doing like this gray silver thing it's a little blue still cuz i just had it done the blue will fade out mm-hmm. uh so but yeah it's fun so i posted a picture today of me looking yeah it's going to look really goth af yeah on uh, on the instagram so follow us find uh, see see all this all the stuff we post <laughs> love it uh other than that you know, anything else? Oh, I saw Birds of Prey. I know this is also not horror. Was it good? I really enjoyed it. And quite frankly, if you don't, you're probably a misogynist. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I Misogynists can't. Don't, can't listen to this show. We've, we've, no, we talk about true. them all the time. Like, no, we just it's can't. True. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to say that because everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I really enjoyed it. It gave me lots of Deadpool vibes. It gave me, like, Kill Bill vibes. It was cool to see a bunch of, like... You know, awesome women kicking ass. Uh, it had some great music. We were, like, jamming to some of the, the soundtrack. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was really, really fun. And I want a sequel right away tomorrow. Okay. I want them to, to make it and put it out so that I can watch it. I love it. I love it. I <laughs> and love I want to go see it again. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And I really keeps. I want a Catwoman film that's like that. You know, that's like Deadpool. That's like, you know, that's fun and, you know. Like that, like yeah, like birds of prey. Who plays? Who's your Selena Kyle? Who's your Catwoman? I don't know anymore. Um, you know, back in like the in the late nineties, I wish they would have made it with Angelina Jolie. Okay, she was so much like the comic book at the time when I was reading it. I was like, oh my gosh, that, she'd be perfect. Um, I obviously Michelle Pfeiffer is like always will hold a place as Catwoman from Batman Returns. Like she is like when I when somebody says Catwoman, my first brain archetype visual whatever you want to call it that comes up is that Catwoman. of but, course but she wouldn't be right for now um although i would love if they did like there's some um what is it the long halloween or something there's a batman story the but long older the long joke um no there's another one it's up there somewhere in my mix but anyways they're older and um, it'd be really neat to have her come back and play, like, an older version of Catwoman, like, after she's retired, uh-huh. you know? But anyways, if for, like, a new, fresh, young Catwoman, I mean, I think Zoe Kravitz is going to play her in an upcoming film. I'm very excited about that. That would be really great. Yeah, I love the casting there. Uh, but, yeah, I otherwise, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, I would be for them just finding, like, somebody new, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, my personal thing you know it's it's i i'm not good at casting you know i can't i don't dream cast too often yeah for sure zoe Kravitz would be a good pull yeah i'm i'm curious to see what she does you know i didn't mind anne hathaway's like take on the character for um yeah for dark knight uh, dark knight rises yeah whatever it was uh but um yeah i don't know so we'll see how Zoe does it, and hopefully it's awesome, and they'll give her her own movie. That'll be fun. And hopefully. So, 
Alrighty. Any uh, any other fun stuff? That's all I got. That's all, all right. Got. Well, we will be uh, right back to break down uh, Rebecca by Alfred Hitchcock. I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid, and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened, because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. I'm going to die out here. Joshua, is that you? All right, here we go. So, Rebecca, 1940. Oh, Rebecca. Uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock uh, in his, like, American debut yes. as a director. Uh, so very, very cool uh, in that realm. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, based on, uh, again, uh, we've talked a little bit about Daphne du Maurier on the podcast, especially with um, Erlinger when we talked about, yes. you know, an his abfab. Uh, yes, and, and abfab in our in other uh, uh, conversations. Uh, so yes, so this is a 1938 novel by Daphne du Maurier that was uh, adapted and um, by Alfred Hitchcock. And uh, yeah, so what did you think, Joe? <laughs> oh man, I really need to take a nap before we watch these movies. <laughs> Well, just this one. Yeah, just this one. This one, I mean, this one was, it was like, I think I just made the mistake of like actually looking about, looking at how long it was. Because if I had not, then maybe I would have stuck it out a little bit better. But I saw and I already got exhausted. (laughs) So, I mean. You're such a millennial. I am. I hate to say it. I mean, it doesn't thrill me. Doesn't throw me. Also, the score was just so distracting for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's how movies were. Bah, 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 bah. Right. But like, <laughs> I I was I was very distracted by the score. There is a. T- it takes a while to get to the point. You know the. You yeah. Know, so the movie. Uh, so we got Lauren. I mean, we got a great cast here of you know of of, of a whole who of Hollywood of the 40s we've got Lawrence Olivier and Joan uh, Fontaine got Joan Fontaine um you know it won an academy award for uh, best picture in 1940 uh, which is awesome you know when we talk about i mean i i would and on an Oscar night here we are talking about it well true but i mean as as horror you know, is this a horror film? Very true. Yes. You know? um, but maybe in 1940, it was seen as being, you know, more horrific. I, I, just, I thought it would be fun to do, you know, just because obviously Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Daphne du Maurier. There's lots of there's spook there. Um, you know, it's mysterious. But it just so basically what it's about is this. Uh, this poor unnamed Joan Fontaine woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't give her a name. No, she starts off just as somebody's like paid friend. <laughs> yes, this like her com- yeah, her paid com- companion, yeah. and um, so she's just there t- to be with her until the guy takes interest in her, and then he marries her. That's uh, Lawrence Olivier as uh, Maxim de Winter. Um, 
and then she just becomes the second Mrs. De Winter. So she's not even like just Mrs. De Winter. She's constantly reminded you As are, you're not Rebecca. You're yeah. second. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, she marries him. They go to his uh, Manderley Bay or whatever. Manderley. Manderley. His <laughs> grand mansion by the sea. I was like, are they just saying Mandalay with a funny English accent? It's yeah. Like- I was like, I doubt he lives in Vegas. Maybe in the, you know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Regardless. Take her there uh, where they meet the the housekeeper, Mrs. Danvers, uh, Judith Anderson. Yes, Danny. Yes, Danny. And she also likes to remind the second Mrs. Danvers that she's second. The Mrs. DeWinter. Yeah, the, or Mrs. DeWinter, yes, that she is the second. Yeah, Mrs. she's just, DeWinter. you know, eerie and cold in the beginning, but then once she goes to the West Wing, you know, oh, it all, like, that was when it she opened up, and it was very strange. It was a, it was, it's a very strange film. There's, you know, there is the lesbian thing, Right. Right. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit of that. Okay. Um, I. It's just, yeah, it's just such a, um, yeah. Well, I wish that the, I wish it was edited a little bit more. Now, um, Alfred Hitchcock had there was a lot of back and forth between him and the producer, uh, David Selznick, because. Uh, um, I guess they had control over editing. Like he, he had had a vision uh-huh. for how he wanted the film to be. And they're like, no, we want you to do this. And he's like, well, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Cause I'm Alfred Hitchcock. So he did a lot of editing in camera. So there wasn't a lot of footage. There wasn't extra stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to give them options. They re-edited anyways. And anything they didn't have, they just reshot. Yeah. Uh, so they give us like a ton of this, like, exposition or whatever you want to call it in the beginning. It just drags on and on and on. Yeah, we didn't even need get, any of that. Yeah, yeah. we we could have used a little bit of it. Like, they could have... Um, well, again, it's the 40s. So, you know, they didn't... They don't have, like, the film, like, storytelling, visual language that we have now, you know. But we could have we could have used some montages, you know, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Something that kind of said that they're, they're growing together or they're, you know, meeting and learning each other. Although it still seems very quick. Like... <laughs> You know, how fast they decide to get married. Yeah. And it was basically because, like, well, I don't want you to go to New York, so, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to marry you. Yeah, and I'm rich, so there yep. you go. You won't be this old lady's companion, you know? Yeah, you'll be mine. You'll be Which my paid companion. so funny to me in the beginning where that woman, she's, like, so, like, coming on to the guy. You know, she's really, like, hardcore, like, it feels like that way, at least hitting on him. And then afterwards, she's like, I can't believe how, like... So talking to the second Mrs. DeWinter. the young woman yeah. unnamed, you know, like how you're so rude, like interrupting our conversation, trying to insert yourself, just throwing yourself at him. I'm like, wait, it was just amusing. Yeah, uh, when characters like that, when amusing. when he leaves and to get her bags and and the and that lady Van Hopper is there, she's just like, oh. <laughs> What have you been up to? I was like, oh, I see your game. Basically calling her a whore. Like, right. <laughs> this, like, this, like, con artist woman, you know, she's also just this nothing lady, right? Like, the young woman is just kind of this yeah. unassuming, has, like, also, and they're, everyone is terrible to her. No, they really are. She's just, uh, yeah, exactly. Dewin, Maxim is really terrible to her. Like, they're all really bad to her. Yeah, I think he's just so like I don't know. You know, he's he's got his own thing going on, you know, which at first like again, so we we can talk a little bit about um obviously the Hayes code controls something. So they did have to change elements of the story, you know, to fit into, you know, the 40s um uh, what what was okay and not okay. One of the things being, so what I picked up, I have not read. This is a book that I haven't read, although I would like to. I would be very interested to see what what the the novel is like. Um, Daphne du Maurier's um, uh, novel. Uh, they, Mrs. Danvers, the housekeeper, Miss Danvers, whatever, is more matronly. You know, yeah, and she comes uh-huh. off a little bit more like motherly figure to the late first Mrs. De Winter. Yeah. And so it seems like it's coming out of that. But this really reads that she was, like, in love with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it really... It was just so... Like, it was, int- it was so jarring how she came alive 
when she was um when she was showing her her room yeah like when the moment she opens the big thing and they see the west wing and and she just came alive and was just like here are these all these finery this nuns made her underwear look you can see my hand right. through the lace <laughs> i was like Exactly. Well, yeah, and that's so erotic for that time because it's not like you could show a naked person, but like that's very suggestive. You know? Yeah, it's like, and, like you're sitting there watching. I it. keep her underwear here. There was a special maid. The nuns made her undergarments and oh, beautiful dresses. Like it was just like, and and the other thing too is that like it was one of like here, come here, come, you know, here, come, experience, inviting her into it, and. Completely taking the control, like the woman, the young woman is giving her all this power because she doesn't realize, she hasn't owned the fact yet that she is the reigning Mrs. DeWinter, right? She's the lady of the household, so. Right, like she gives a fuck. Yeah, exactly. So she's just like, she's still like scared of Mrs. Danvers and yeah, and all of this is happening. Well, this whole world is completely alien to her, you know? Yeah. I mean, the fact that she's supposed to have her own, like, servant woman, you know, uh-huh. is like, oh, I never had such a thing. And, you know, just asking, like, you know, do you have a preference of the sauce that you want on your food? It's like, I don't care, whatever. Like, yeah. uh, it's fine. Whatever the other woman wanted, I guess, you know? Yeah. It just, she's very unaccustomed to all of that, you know? So having it all. Until she is. Until she's like, well, of course, yeah. she starts to embrace it because she thinks that's what they want, and yeah, you know, she gets her little makeover. Um, so I'm reading this um, IndieWire hazed, H A Y S apostrophe D, decoding the classics uh, on Rebecca by Les Fabian Brathwaite. Brathwaite, okay. The name. Sure, yes. Uh, I love this uh, because of what you're talking about. Much is made about the infamous, infamous scene where Danvers gets an embarrassing case of Ladywood while rifling through Rebecca's underwear. <laughs> I thought that was uh, very amusing uh, way to put that. Uh, <laughs> there's actually a lot. It's like, um, the, I really like the way this is written. It's very catty and, and sassy, you know. Um, where is it? Um it's like the late Joan Fontaine stars as the otherwise unnamed, the second Mrs. DeWinter, whose unenviable task is to fill the shoes of the first Mrs. DeWinter, the titular Rebecca. According to everyone who knew her, Rebecca not only walked in beauty like the night, but snatched everyone's wigs while she was at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. And then it's providing little help, but a fantastic mustache as Laurence Olivier as brooding widower Maxim DeWinter. And then providing no help whatsoever, but owning the entire film is Judith Anderson as the haunting housekeeper, Mrs. Danvers, <laughs> whose devotion to Rebecca borders on the macabre. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. She kind of looks like she's wearing um, Sophie Fatale's outfit. <laughs> like, cause it's just like this black, like, Cossack. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's very severe. She just, yeah, she is very, very um, severe looking. It says uh, Danvers establishes herself as the one true supreme in the house of De Winter, where she, when she greets the mousy new missus with an imperious air, usually reserved for Dame Maggie Smith or RuPaul doling out, doling out challenges to her girls <laughs> with a U. Uh, I, I think this is interesting too because, okay, so um, I. We wanted to watch this film for a couple reasons. One, uh, you know, again, love story gone bad. Um, you know, Maxim De Winter, his poor late wife who va- who disappeared on a sailing boat, you know, in a sailing accident, crushed, sad, boo-hoo, has to find new wife. Um, but also, um, you know, the love that Mrs. Danvers has for... For Rebecca. For Rebecca. And then uh, on top of that, the other reason that I think this is... Uh, an important film for us to discuss on this podcast, you know, regardless of like how horror it is, is the concept of queer coding. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which we've, I think, gone into a little bit, obviously, you know, in some of the films that we've watched, particularly like Freddy's Dead and, or I mean, um, uh, uh, Freddy's Revenge. Um, Nightmare 2. Nightmare 2. Um, so Mrs. Danvers has, there's a lot there, you know, but also I think. In the beginning, it's interesting because I also think, like, the husband seemed to be queer-coded a bit, you know, with, like, him, you know, his, like, that the hot and cold he has with her, and then she, you know, puts on the sexy dress and does her hair up, and he's like, well, that, that's really not you, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and it's like, uh, hello, 
Like, do you not see all the sexiness here? You know, and he's just not, like, interested. So at first I was like, oh, gosh, well, maybe he's queer, too, you know? Um, he also just could be British. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's very dandy. But we find out soon that, no, he's he's very, he's a dedicated heterosexualist. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And that's Dedicated okay. heterosexualist. That's all right. We don't, we don't mind that because we got Mrs. Danvers in her, like, lesbian glory. So... <laughs> 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 Carefully coded, though you know you just you just wanna you, you were just suggesting it. All we're doing is suggesting it, really. Right in in, in that time period, at least. Um, I don't. It's very interesting because, again, with a lot of queer coding, that's the thing. So there was that joke going around about the Grammys where people shared like images of like Orville Peck. And uh, Billy Porter and Lil Nas X and Billy Eilish, like, um, oh, you know, look, they look like a bunch of Batman villains. And somebody had created a meme of that, like, well, yeah, that's because you're used to your villains being queer coded. And I was like, ooh, Ooh, yes. yes. Um, You know, so she's kind of getting that sort of thing. It's very, like, you know, stepmother from Cinderella. You know, even though, I mean, I don't know how queer-coded she is. You know, I mean, she's got daughters. She's got, you know, a dead husband. Um, but, you know, she's that kind of severity, you yeah. know, stern, like, woman that I feel is kind of happening here with Danvers. Um, High cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she's very dramatic. In black and white, she looks great. Uh, you know, but obviously they're just, they're they're hinting at that, you know, Um then later on, we find out, so we think she's gone missing in a ski accident, but that's not the case. She um, is, is she, boat accident. she was a dirty, um, rotten cheater. Boat accident. But, you said ski. Oh, sorry. I, was I, like, I meant to say Bono, sailing. <laughs> I meant to say sailing. That's okay. what I was thinking, a sailing so, accident. In a sailing accident. But a boating accident. Yeah, so way. she's a dirty, dirty girl. Yeah, so she's like, you know, we find out it's like the twist, you know, that she actually was this really terrible person. Because you just, you know, going through the film, obviously you think, you know, well, he probably murdered her. Or maybe I I was thinking when I first saw it, you know, like maybe Mrs. Danvers killed her. And there's like this weird, like a psycho thing kind of happening, you know. Um, And so now she's like all those guilt feelings is like making her hate the new woman. But that's not the case. We just find out that Rebecca is um, a mean, cruel woman who's having lots of affairs and had become possibly pregnant with Someone One else's of those, babe. exactly. Yeah. Somebody who will not, be, uh, or who, who will inherit. Manderley. Yes, and not actually be a De Winter. Yes, and she just laughed all the way to the bank, thinking that, oh, you are not going to, it's not going to be a true-born heir, which, you know, again, the idea of, like, blood inheritance is all really, you know. Is all really interesting and really icky. Yeah, and, no, totally. Yeah. yeah, totally icky. But regardless, I mean, you know, in talking about this story for the f- of this film. So then, um, you know, they get into a fight and he accidentally kills her. <laughs> you know, accidentally, unintentionally kills right. her, but... Maybe accidentally on purpose. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe accidentally on purpose. Regardless, he covers it up by, you know... Putting her out to sea. Yep. And that's what happens. And he just moves on and gets himself yeah. another young thing. <laughs> Which is just like when that's revealed, it's like, okay, so why is he so hot and cold, right? So why was he so hot and cold? And then just it, it's, an, it's a different layer that gets added on when, um, when Danvers betrays the young Mrs. DeWinter. In terms of like, oh, this is his favorite painting right before the ball, right before they discover the body. Um, it's not because he's heartbroken. It's that he's just completely like, oh, shit. Like, this is a fright. I thought I was done with you type thing. Right. Like, literally, I've been describing Rebecca to people like because they're like, oh, what's Rebecca? And I'm like, oh, it's this, you know, this woman who is haunted by the ghost of her, of her husband's like first wife. But it's not even a really a ghost story. 
it's just no, the, it's like, like the, yeah. the a ghost is in the idea. The idea of her. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And having to like fulfill this role. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting way to think about it in terms of the horror and the gothic nature of it is that like the specter, the looming specter, right, of Rebecca, not anything supernatural, um, it, it, it's explicitly supernatural about her presence, but just the idea of her and the power that, like, a memory has, the power yeah. that a person, you know, how even in death a person's, like, presence extends beyond the veil, right? Yeah, well, you know, and having, you know, we can have a little, like, Fred School moment here. It's not really Fred School moment. I don't know what you want to call it, but, like... You know, I think that in a lot of relationships, those sorts of things can happen, you know, especially if you're with somebody for a very, very long time. Like, I, I think um, this is going to sound completely off like topic, but I was rewatching that grandma movie with Lily Tomlin. Okay. Did you see that? No. Oh, you should see it. It's really good. I it's heard it was really abortion. good. Yeah. So fun. Um, and um, which was totally not okay in, in the 40s, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, not going to talk about, you know, about... Um, murdering your wife pregnant wife yeah uh, but anyways um and it was just interesting to me because lily tomlin's character had been in a relationship for like 38 years and the the other one she's a she's a lesbian in the in the film as well um not just you know in life she just, you know she plays one on uh, tv too. yeah she does and um and so there's a whole scene because she starts dating Judy uh, Greer's character in the film, you know, and they've been dating like four months or something. And then she, they like break it. It's kind of they're off and on in the I movie. I love a Judy Greer moment. Me too. And it's very interesting to see her and like Lily Tomlin kissing and having this like intergenerational like relationship. But anyways, regardless, there's a whole like argument where it's like, you know, I was with somebody for 38 years, you know, and like you're a footnote. You know, in yeah. that. And I, it just, you know, made me think. And, and when you're talking about, like, the specter of living up to someone else, you know, I think that, you know, is a very real uh, concern sometimes in relationships that, that last a really long time. And then you move on. And, you know, it's hard. Like, you know, when you've been, you know, like, I've been with the same person for 12 years. It's like there's such a shorthand that we have yeah, for uh-huh. each other in a lot of ways that it's like, ugh, the struggle, like, the... the um, if you had if if you had to meet or have a new partner, I can, you know I can imagine like just the um, what do you, like misplaced anger of like why can't you understand me right away? Yeah, you know? uh-huh. or like other things. I mean, that's not exactly what's going on here, but you know I would encourage people not to do that yes, to their please. to their partners. But yeah. uh, you don't know. punish current partners for the sins of people previous. Right, but I just you know I think that's interesting the idea of like a you know a, a ghost. Like, this being a ghost story that's not actually a ghost. Yeah. You know, I think is very... I think that's a cool uh, little reading of that. Yes, thank you. Joe. I have a... You know, I have them very sporadically, so I try to grasp the... (laughs) I try to grasp the thought as it, you know, leaves my brain. Um, I do in... uh, So, in reading some more about the making of the film uh, because of the Hayes Code, which we've talked a little about in the past because you like that. You like old Hollywood, classic, you know. For the... I like the idea of it. Well, I mean, you like studying. Yeah, I like... I studied it. The history of it. Uh, So, it's interesting that they altered it because um, the murder of a spouse had to be punished at the time. Like, if you're going to write a story, Mm -hmm. you have to punish the the person that if they murder somebody. So they make it accidental to kind of get around that. Um, Oh, that's a good way to get around it. Yeah, which I I think I... I, Yeah. Yeah, because he wanted to, but she dies... Accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. Yeah, and then they further develop it by revealing that she wasn't actually pregnant. She yeah. had, like, this cancer and was hoping to goad him into killing her. Um, therefore, you know. Ruining his exactly. ru- ruining his reputation. So it's just her final dig. Yeah. And that's not what happened. It no. Ju- it ba- that plot backfired on her as they yeah. all declared it a uh, uh, an accident. And then he walked free, basically, to be with his other woman. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, as... As the story ends in flames. Yeah. And again, to go back a little bit to like the queer coding thing, it's like, you know, queer characters always punished, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, she reads very queer, you know, she lost this person that, you know, who knows? We don't know. We know, we know that the wife possibly had 
other lovers going on that were men. So maybe she and Ms. Danvers did have something going on. Yeah. Initially, when initially when she's introduced, she was like, I started at Manderley when and during the, you know, the time of the first Mrs. De Winter. Right. So it it for me it was just kind of thinking about like oh okay well maybe she's a, I thought Rebecca might have been a con artist or something, and like her handler was uh, her handler was you know uh, Mrs Danvers, but it makes more it, it and it would have made to me more sense if maybe she had known her since the youth since uh, you know for, yeah, for a longer time yeah. with her on the journey the, on the journey of life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it, that last, like <laughs> that last, like 30 minutes moves really quickly, but yeah. it just takes forever to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, yeah, this film could be re-edited just to kind of shorten it or, you know, you could kind of explore and these themes have been explored further. I mean, I think, you know, Crimson Peak, uh, reminds me a little bit of this. It has flavors of Rebecca. Yes, very much. Um, you know, there's lots of films where it's like you know, spouse dies and you're kind of replacing them with someone else or, you know, the, the, that's not a, you know, a radical uh, story <laughs> idea. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting because with Mrs. Danvers, like, you know, cause she like sets the house on fire or at least that's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, she's it's like going to burn this motherfucker down, yeah. you know? Um, After talking to that asshole on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and she dies with it being having the ceiling collapse on her. And it's like, you know, what did she do? She didn't murder anybody. She didn't kill the, you know, the wife. She didn't kill the husband. She didn't kill the new Mrs. DeWinter, even though maybe she wanted to. Yeah. You know, all, all, all she did was have a devotion to the old Mrs. DeWinter. To, yeah, DeWinter 1. You know? And it's just sad in a way. Yeah. But, I mean, she did take down the thing that is the most important thing in that entire in – that, in that man's world, which is the house. True. Which was the, the house and the seat of power – as the seat of power of the De Winter line. No, absolutely. That's very true. You know, get, you know getting revenge that way, I guess. I mean, it's not really revenge because, I mean, I, do we even really know how much she knows of the truth? You know, that, That's that what actually happened to her? I, I can't remember. Maybe it was a thousand years long. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just sad because it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, she's rude to this new woman, but she has to adjust because she lost somebody that she cared about, you know, and then she dies in this fiery burning ceiling. It's just yeah. this whole, like, illusion to, like, hell and, you know, what awaits queer people. Yeah. And that, you know, are And the monster... Yeah, and the and it pegs her as the monstrous figure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, like, this whole thing of, like, what's a, what awaits us... Like, what, what, where our love leads. Yeah. You know, wh- when we risk, you know. So, for that time period, at least. I think it would send a strong message. If I was, like, a lesbian woman watching this, or a queer man, anybody, I guess, a queer person watching this at the time, he'd be like, ooh, jeez. <laughs> you know. If if they did read it that way, obviously, again, we're looking back yeah. on we're we're we are applying our interpretation onto past things. Yeah, cause, gosh, what is this? Eighty, eighty years old? Oh my god! It, well, I mean, what? Nineteen thirty nine? Forty. Nineteen forty? Yeah. Wow! Wow! That's mind blowing. So you know, again. You know, we're being we're we're coded into lots of things as queer people. Yeah. So that's just kind of when I was watching it, what I was thinking about, and then I started looking up and you know, seeing obviously that other people had pulled, you know, that kind of same analysis. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, again, you know, everybody it, it's sort of like, you know, the guy he's gonna live happily ever after with his new wife and Yeah, because the wealth is still there. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just rebuild. Again, wealth sure and whiteness will insulate you. <laughs> My housekeeper went mad and burned the place down. That it sounds like a rich person problem that they could probably be insured against. Yeah, exactly. She couldn't take my um, harassment of her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, what else? What else stuck out to you while you were watching it? Um, 
I was just like, I, I was, I was getting really annoyed with the fact that like this woman just looks so helpless, uh-huh. and I'm just like, you know what, girl, get grow up. Like you're it, you're it now. Like you are the ma- you're the mistress of the house. When when it's realized that she she's the one who broke whatever figurine in the study, it's like. Should have just said something and be like, yeah, I broke it. Whatever. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I'm yeah. the new Mrs. DeWinter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, you can either try to get it fixed. I'll break every fucking thing in this house. Yeah, I'll break you. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, she buys the dresses. She's like, is it okay? It's like, are you married or not? Like, buy everything. Yeah, buy everything. He's not even going to be – he's not there half the time to watch you. Yeah. What's uh, he doing? Nothing. No. Take all the money. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I, you know, you know that they're remaking yeah. it, right? Oh no! Yeah, so Rebecca is being uh, remade uh, by Netflix. Oh, um, and so Ben uh, Ben Wheatley is uh, scheduled to direct it, and he is best known for um, his like English stuff, and or he's like he's an English filmmaker. Who is it again? Uh, ben Wheatley, huh? And so it'll be um, Lily James is uh, the young woman as the second Mrs. DeWinter. Lily James plays famously um, the young Donna in Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And How did I miss Maxim uh, DeWinter will be played by Army Hammer. Oh, okay. Which totally works. Totally works. Um, also, that's queer-coded yeah. as well, too. That is. Um, Mrs. Danvers, I think, is what I'm looking forward to the most. Mrs. Danvers will be played by Kirsten Scott, Kristen Scott Thomas, who um, people may know for uh, Four Weddings and the Funeral, The English Patient. Do you have a picture? Can I see a picture? I sure can. Here we go. Kristen Scott oh, Thomas. Oh, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah. Cool. And um, Mrs. Van Hopper will be played by Ann Dowd. Oh, perfect. So Aunt Lydia as the the what lady needing the companion. That's perfect. Huh, that'll be interesting. Any uh production uh goal? they're in post production right now, so either oh, it'll be coming soon. Probably being probably slated to be released maybe later this year. Cool. So uh interesting. We'll uh we'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, maybe they'll uh amp up the horror a bit. We'll see. Maybe she'll actually be a ghost. Maybe, or you know, maybe they can they can do a lot more obviously now with the story than they could then. Just you know, because we don't have the same censors, you know, yeah, the same, um, yeah. They're ideas. gonna make it lesbian, right? They should. There's lesbians all over it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm for it. Uh, yeah, it's a long movie. <laughs> That's what I kind of keep going back to with its. 50-minute, oh like, yeah. setup. <laughs> oh, we're playing tennis now. Oh, we're walking. We're at the country club. The we're, French Riviera or yeah, something. Yes, they're at Monte Carlo. Yeah, so I was just, like, we're wanting so to rich. S- slap that woman when she kept abbreviating Monte Carlo as Monte. 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 That's what happens. You're going to Monte. And I'm like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? No. Yeah, it's like when you're rich, you know, you're just, everybody knows, you know. Yeah. You just use people's first names, like everybody knows who you're talking about. Yeah, I was at Carolyn Todd's yeah. with Peter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And everybody knows. Like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, Peter. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Jill. Jill. Yes. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> we are done. It, you know this. Yeah. I. I just. Um, you know, well, Alfred Hitchcock. A little. You know, this is just the the beginning. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna do some other. Love Gone Wrong movies that will be much more vicious than this. But this is a nice starting oh, yeah, This point. is a nice little tainted love. little yeah. little taint, tainted love. Yeah. And again, a little twist on it because it's, you know, it's like Miss Stanvers and the first Mrs. Stormwater. Yeah. Is the, love, the love story is not between, you know. It's not. Uh, it's not who you think it is at first you, yeah. when you, when you, when exactly. you start watching it's it. It's surprise, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Yes, it Surprise, is. Surprise, lesbians. Surprise, lesbians. Surprise, motherfucker, lesbians. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, this was entertaining, um, if for no one else but myself. Um, <laughs> I certainly was not entertained, so I'm glad you were. Right. So stay with us, dear listeners. We continue this uh, horrific uh, love 
triangle story. Love whatever. journey. I don't know. Love journey. Tea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, have a good night. Bye. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.